What the fuck is going on, everybody? How the hell you been? It's been a couple frustrating weeks for me, myself. We've had a little bit of uh, ups and downs here. Uh, this is the Puro Caballero Show. You know what you've tuned into. You know what you hit play on. This is your host, Mario Caballero, here. This is episode number 89. We are knocking down the doors, getting closer to the triple digits, baby. Now, we'll be coming to you on youtube by that point that is the plan that is the goal but right now we are available anywhere you can hear your podcasts uh apple mute apple podcast google podcast spotify soundcloud you name it find it everywhere baby Whew, man i got the celsius running through my body right now i am ready to go uh just give you a little recap today is tuesday february the 16th now i do want to apologize <laughs> I did actually have a full episode already recorded, ready to go, and something fucked up with my recorder and it did not keep the file uh, present, so um, yeah, that shit was supposed to be released, <laughs> how long ago? God damn, it's been a minute. Bro, I recorded that shit 10 days ago, <laughs> it was the 6th, I've had a lot of shit to do in between that uh, that time, a lot of shit has happened in my life and yeah actually i think i recorded it the fifth man it's been so damn long it's been over a week all right and then prior to that it's been a few weeks since the last time i came and talked to you guys so um yeah man my intentions were to give you an episode prior to the super bowl i had all the breakdowns and everything talking about the matchups between kansas city and tampa bay who i was looking forward to betting on and what have you Yada yada. You're just gonna have to take my word for it. All right. <laughs> I put money on Kansas City. I won a nice little twenty dollars, uh, something small. Uh, but my boy VJ over here, this guy's got the biggest balls ever. This fool put four bills down on the coin toss. Got plus three eighty. So, congrats to him on the win. I would have been very upset if you would have been bitching about paying rent on time. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Thank God that's avoided, so that's not going to be an issue. I don't think it would be an issue anyway, knowing him. He's solid with the money, but you never know. You never know how these things can kind of pop up. Uh, but what's been happening with me? Uh, like I said, been a little bit of up and down. Uh, the down part, a couple weeks ago, got my car broken into, got my wallet stolen, so that's been you know, a headache in and of itself. Um, went for a run, kind of went too late at night. Um had like a little gym bag, little drawstring gym bag with some water bottles in it um, and like an extra t-shirt. Um, I come back from my run all tired and everything out of breath and I look and my passenger side window is busted open. The bag is gone. I had some weed I had just picked up for the next few days. That was stolen. And finally, my wallet, the biggest thing. Now, um, yeah, I was disappointed, upset that they got access to like all my credit cards and, and debit cards and what have you. But the biggest thing for me was the actual wallet itself. Um, it was a bit of a memento that I had from, um, from when my grandpa passed away, um, since it was one of his that he had. So that, that one really hit me hard and that struck, struck me hard and I felt, uh, felt horrible about it. Um, eventually, you know, took care of all my my accounts and what have you. The motherfuckers did try to run up my uh, uh, some uh, my credit cards at like Best Buy and CVS, and so uh, I had to 
called customer service a whole bunch of times, but finally, thank goodness, we got that shit kind of handled and taken care of. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of the down, the downside. The plus, this is something that I was, you know, I wanted to promote on my last podcast, but shit has been happening. Um, but we had a, a comedy show that took place on the 9th last week, week ago, uh, Tuesday the 9th. Man, that shit was fun as hell. Uh, Koreatown Comedy Show um, took place uh, at the same venue we threw the last one in November. So this is the first one back. Uh, I'm a little upset that the weather was um, the coldest it was going to be for that whole week, according to the pro projections. And so the turnout wasn't as big as maybe um, I had wanted. We still had a good time. We still had a fun time. The lineup was awesome. We had a great one. Um, let me see if I can name off every comic off the top of my head. Mike Kim, he did good, real good job. Um, Mike's hilarious. Go listen to his podcast too, Set Breaker Podcast. Uh, Ryan Radicinovich, he did awesome for us. Um, Eric Escobar, he slid in there, kind of filled in a spot. He was originally on our first show in November, so he was, uh, um, you know, uh, lucky and prepared and ready to go. So I'm glad he was able to get a spot in. Um, we also had, uh, let's see, McKenna Gerald. She was she was very funny. Uh, her friend Josh as well from Idaho, who I had literally met the night before doing comedy there. I was able to give him a little spot there. Um, who else? Who else we had? Sarah Fatimi. Sarah, awesome, as always. Professional, very good job for her. Chelsea Groat. Man, she came with the fire. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I like her brand of comedy where she just comes in with like the AK, just goes brat <laughs> and just starts lighting up the crowd, man. She, um, she'll, she'll bring, she brings the energy. She brings it. I really like it. She, she did a good job. And then Jaloyd Spencer also did a fantastic work as well on the mic. Uh, hadn't seen him in a while, so it was good to reconnect with him. So that was a, that was a fun time. And... Um, Pretty sure that's everybody leading up to our headliner, who was uh, Frank Castillo. Uh, Frank, you may have known him uh, as uh, performing on the at the Comedy Store. He's a, he's a regular there now. Just recently passed, I think, about a year and a half ago. He was in the dang Comedy Store documentary. <laughs> they kind of recreated the whole scene of him getting past there and what have you. But, uh, yeah, man, he's awesome. Um, I've seen him personally at a couple shows prior and. <laughs> just has a very funny perspective and point of view on life and is just willing to kind of poke and dig at certain things so he was good <laughs> he had some uh he came he came with some energy too at the end of our show so thank you so much to everybody who came out all the comics who performed y'all were amazing uh we're looking to run this back every other week um so the next show will be on the 23rd i'm currently in negotiations with a couple different comics about trying to get that uh line up all squared away got a couple of people in mind right now um few people locked in but i think in the next few days we'll have we'll be able to release some info with the lineup um if not by the early next week maybe by sun saturday or sunday uh we'll have the the flyers all out and ready to go but the plan is to go next tuesday the 23rd so if you're listening to this right now uh february 23rd that's the next show as i mentioned we're going to try to do this every other week so the following show after that will be march 9th so 3 9 so 2 23 and then 3 9 those are our next two plan shows that we'll be having all the information will be all up on my instagram account at puro caballero or you can follow my co-producer vj he's got a recently updated 
Instagram handle. It is uh, Supreme Kai dot biz. That's S U P R E M E K A I dot B I Z. Supreme Kai dot biz. That's his. That's his handle. All right. So um, so yeah, we'll we'll have all the information there. I think the venue and the location, because prior we had been mostly trying to rely on word of mouth and like, hey, DM me for the address. I think we're going to actually like put it up and be a little bit more public and outspoken this time. So that'll be fun. And uh, hopefully we can get the, the turnout numbers back up like our first show, because that was amazing. I'm not going to I'm going to be pretty I'm going to try to be humble. Like I was that was greater than my expectations. That ex- uh, far, far, um, you know, <laughs> uh outpaced my expectations there or it's uh you know you know what i'm talking about it did better than i thought it would <laughs> all right so so that's kind of what's going on right now that was kind of the good shit that happened also was able uh to perform on ryan's show that he threw on friday at uh, baja's grill it, also in koreatown so i was just performing all around there that whole that whole week there so i had a fun time there as well that was last friday uh, thank you again, Ryan, for the spot. I do appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we had a fun time hanging out the rest of the night, too. Um, so besides that, mm, trying to think if there's anything else on the comedy side of things to kind of give you an idea about. I think that's it for the moment. I'll give you updates as they arrive. Obviously, take a look at my Instagram account. Um, I'll, I'll post all the stuff, up, info up there. Um as it comes in all right um so i mean i mean i've been hitting open mics all over the place and i'm still going to continue to do that i have a another mic gonna hit later tonight at seven so um yeah you'll probably be hearing this after i'm done with that so hopefully it went well (laughs) we'll see trying to work on some some new shit some old shit mixing in the jokes um trying to get better as a host and what have you so yeah man uh we're looking to keep moving keep improving uh, shout out once again to our Michelada sponsor for the event, Michelada Time Mix. If you see them at your local grocery store, pick up a bottle or two, all right? Um, you know, Miches, always delicious, right? Uh, this mix brand is pretty damn good, I'm not going to lie. I know they sponsor us and what have you, but hey now, <laughs> it's good shit, all right? Um, so yeah, ask for them at your local convenience store, liquor store, grocery store, and what have you trying to get them distribution come on guys let's go let's go man um so yeah that was very fun we'll uh give them all the shout outs and everything on the social medias and all the plugs and what have you all right um let's see what else anything else um hmm let's look at my notes and see yeah this is riveting stuff anytime you just gotta try to uh stall for a little bit uh on this episode i'm mostly just going to talk about some football and basketball stuff that's been happening and everything that's kind of happened past that but before we get into that i would like to just talk about a couple things um number one <laughs> how fucking crazy have been some of the uh headlines that we've seen uh dr dre he had a brain aneurysm recently i want to wish him all the best um i think it was early july or january excuse me i'm getting my, all my dates mixed up uh let's see dude the thing that i that's been i've that's been on my mind recently has been aliens like i'm not even gonna lie so many so much alien talk on a lot of podcasts and a lot of stuff listening to lex friedman talk to all these astrophysicists and joe rogan's got a bunch of these dudes on at the same time so i'm like my interest getting peaked right now i just listened to the elon musk podcast there with joe rogan that was pretty fascinating pretty interesting also 
um, yeah, he's pretty ambitious with his plans to get people up and moving and going to Mars and trying to colonize it. And he's pretty <laughs> upfront and real with how crazy those plans are. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, this shit isn't for everybody, man. <laughs> like, it's just going to be rough, rough living. But if you want to be one of the first people there, man, hey, if you want to be one of those explorers, adventurous type be my guest so i think 2023 is what his projected plan is for having commercial flights to space and it's kind of crazy man it's so wild like we're living in the future right now man pretty wild pretty crazy um yeah what else happened oh yeah there was that israeli intelligence member who claimed that aliens had been in contact with humans and that we apparently are not uh, uh ready for them <laughs> to be in uh, contact with us i guess or for them to arrive i should say crazy shit um there was that whole change of power that kind of happened biden took office and now we got trump out of there finally there was a whole mob that was kind of incited by his ass his dumb ass that shit happened uh people seen on the senate floor i think there's they there's like over 150 people been there every day i've been seeing there's still more and more people who have been identified and and uh, been arrested there's a lot of people who are put on no no fly lists and got caught up that way so people who there was a couple people who came in on a private jet ended up finding them i think in texas um it was wild just hundreds of people just storming the capitol smashing windows i mean this is old news this happened a month ago but yeah, man. Lawmakers from seven states were apparently joined in. Um, there was a lot of presence from, like, the Proud Boys and all that. Uh, a lot of the right-wing paramilitary type of groups that a lot of them have since been placed on terrorist watch list. Uh, pretty wild. Pretty fucking wild. Um, apparently, a couple of writers had told the uh, FBI that an officer shook their hand and said, it's, quote-unquote, your house now as they stormed the Capitol. Freaking wild, man. Trump ended up getting banned off of social media finally. I mean, it only took a goddamn insurrection attempt to fucking get this guy out of here. That's it. That's all it took, man. Fucking wild, bro. Fucking wild. Dude talking the most crazy shit for four years in office. Probably like three or four years prior to doing the whole birther Obama shit, man. Freaking crazy. Crazy, man. Crazy shit. Ugh. Um. Yeah. Oh, and then like the Proud Boys, bro. Their their leader, who Enrique Tario, who's this like Cuban guy from Miami or South Florida area. He <laughs> apparently had gotten arrested for something else prior, like a couple weeks prior to the whole right the breaking in and everything. Well, it turns out this guy is apparently an uh, FBI informant. So that kind of. Or law enforcement, uh, informer for law enforcement. He apparently had went undercover and negotiated to pay 11000 to a gambling ring member. And per an FBI agent, he was a key element in local investigations centered on weed, cocaine, and ecstasy. That led to 13 people being prosecuted on federal charges in two separate cases. So, I mean, <laughs> this is a guy that has uh, gone to help the FBI on multiple occasions. So, a lot of people are like, what the fuck? Uh, how are you going to challenge against the deep state when you're one of these dudes who's actually helping one of their agencies? Like, come on, man. What's going on here, man? Yeah, besides that, 
Um, vaccines have been getting distributed. That's cool. I know Pfizer vaccines are getting sent out slowly but surely, starting to ramp up in a lot of places. I know California's been doing pretty good in terms of the percentage of the population they're able to, to reach so far. So we just need to keep that up and moving. Um, the one thing is that a lot of the, the vaccines do only last a year. So, I mean, we got to be careful in terms of how um, open we are to, like, um, you know, making ourselves vulnerable once again to getting re-sick, reinfected, and what have you. Uh, yeah, there's uh, still some, we still got to figure out the, uh, the medical science uh and that's still being worked on based off of these different vaccines that they have. But I, I know there's Pfizer, there's the Moderna vaccines right now. Uh, both of those require two shots. There was the AstraZeneca vaccine that um, could be more effective. Uh, there's been research on that one. That has passed in some other countries, but not FDA regulation in America yet. So that one has not been approved. That one was also two shots. Apparently that one could be more effective if they delay the second shot. Um, could also prevent patients from receiving and transmitting COVID to others versus the AstraZeneca and the Moderna ones are only effective in making sure you don't get it. So if you have it, you could still possibly pass it to somebody else. So, um, yeah, hopefully that does, that does well there. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of like controversy with like a lot of different leaders and different countries and what they've been doing. I saw that uh, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, the president of Mexico, he said he got tested positive late in January, and that, but his symptoms were mild. But this dude is like super anti-mask, which is weird. He's just been still not, has been wearing a mask and showing up to like public gatherings. That was kind of his mo during the whole pandemic. Was just like fuck it, I'm still gonna be the guy that like is the people's man, I guess, and still going to rallies and shaking hands and whatnot, being in front of people. So it's kind of reckless, kind of not sending the best message there. Uh, I know Mexico is really religious. He, a lot of people try to say, I put my faith in God and what have you. But I mean, God also gives us the tools to help us survive too. So, I mean, it's, you, you're ignorant if you, if you don't realize that and don't apply those. So, so yeah, that's happening. I saw China. They, uh, they're accused of spreading misinformation about the origins of the COVID disease on Weibo, which is their kind of social media platform. They're saying that it might have came from the U.S. military lab. Um, that's partially due to the fact that uh, they have their own version of, uh, of a vaccine that they've been kind of claiming has been really effective. But when it comes to uh, comparisons with the Pfizer vaccine... Um, it says that it's, uh, hold on, they're doubting the effectiveness of the Pfizer vaccine, excuse me, but they've been saying that the China, they, they claim that their vaccine is 78% effective, when in reality, it's numbers probably closer to 50 from what I read, so they don't want to look bad, so they're kind of throwing the blame around to other places. That's what it seems like from what I read. Is that reality? I don't fucking know. That's on your end to do your research, okay? I read what I read. I know what I know. You y'all do the same shit, okay? What they are doing is they are cracking down on journalists, which they've done before in the past. Um, there was a citizen journalist named uh, Zhang Zhan uh, who got sentenced to four years in prison uh, before New Year's uh, for reporting on the early days of the of the COVID coronavirus outbreak 
in Wuhan specifically, because there was a lot of media outlets that weren't giving information to the rest of the world. And I think it kind of put the rest of the world on a little bit of a um, delay in terms of responding adequately to the uh, to the virus. So China they're trying to cover up their their issues and their problems, but now they're everybody's problems. So let's hope uh, that doesn't happen as much. All right. Let's see. Dr. Drew said he's got COVID um, after <laughs> apologizing for downplaying the virus months ago. He was saying that it was come similar to the flu and what have you early on. A lot of people gave him shit about it, and he's he's apologized. But so he got it. So he got it now too. So nobody's nobody's immune. Let's see what else happened. Jeff Bezos no longer is going to be CEO of Amazon. Sometime in quarter three, he will stay still be an executive chair. Uh, but Amazon Web Services CEO Andy Jassy is going to apparently take over. So yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. So yeah, that's that's kind of happening. I mean, Amazon, one of the biggest companies to profit off of this whole COVID movement or COVID era, sending shipping packages every goddamn place. So I mean, what's Bezos doing? I've heard rumblings that he might be trying to look for a presidential run. I don't know. We'll see. See if he's got more interest in his Blue Origin company, his, his rocket company that's a distant second place to SpaceX in terms of the privatization of uh, the rocket industry. Maybe third place as of uh, Northrop Grumman and the likes. I'm trying to think of what other ones are out there. There's a few others. Uh, Blue Origin, they're trying to step their game up. Maybe he's going to take more focus and divert his attention and resources to that project. Who knows? Who knows what he's going to do there? But uh, I feel like he's not going to sit still. He's still probably got enough juice in him to want to go out and attain big things. I mean, the guy is, like, once again, the richest man in the world, even after having a divorce. So I feel like money, there's only so much he can get at this point. This motherfucker billionaire, bro. So... I think he's kind of won that game, and maybe he's trying to, like, figure out something else to do at the moment. But we'll see what he does. We'll see what he does. Let's see. The Moore Act passed Congress ending fair, uh, federal marijuana prohibition. I think that was eventually struck down, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know there was a couple marijuana legalizations. I think it was this one was in South Dakota that got struck down by the uh, uh, legislature there, even though, like, the people had voted for it themselves and they had they used some bullshit loophole there about how the law that passes is going to affect multiple agencies so we can't unilaterally change the law because of its effect on different parties and so they put a kibosh to it apparently it's fucking dumb man it's fucking dumb y'all y'all know my stance on all that shit right here one drugs bullshit but uh yeah, man, if we can end the federal marijuana prohibition, that would be fucking sweet, man. That we can get people to actually have access to legit banking. We can give legit uh, services and actually have legit testing on the effects of uh, medical marijuana on uh, different ailments. Because a lot of stuff is hearsay and a lot of stuff is just like half-truths um, for what we know right now. So we can like really take that and dig deep into like the, the science between the different terpenes and the 
the different uh, chemical mixtures that have are present in different marijuana strains. Um, so we can actually create better medicine for people. Like that's the idea, right? So we'll see, man. A lot of these pharma companies are really still resistant to that shit because nobody's gonna be taking opioids quite as much. And they might be able to take, I don't know, THC, CBD supplement that gives them just amount of relief. So who knows? Who knows where that's gonna lead? But more action's good action. All right. Uh, let's see. Dolly Parton ended up turning down the Presidential Medal of Freedom twice during the Trump administration. Now, this was mostly due to her husband battling COVID and then not wanting to travel during the pandemic. But maybe there's some other reasons there. Maybe she doesn't like Trump. Maybe she does. Maybe she just doesn't care regardless one way or the other. So some people kind of thought of that as being like, a, yeah, she's sticking it to the fucking government and all this shit but it might have just been a logistics issue i think she was feeling kind of hesitant to like even accept one from biden now that she kind of said no but uh who knows who knows not the only person who's turned down the offer for presidential medal of freedom from trump as we will get to a little bit later um who else larry king ended up passing away um yeah one of those dudes who was on TV for ages, kind of one of the premier faces on CNN, was able to get that program and that channel. A lot of prominence and credibility, I'd say. Dude had the biggest shoulders ever, <laughs> like the pointiest shoulders of all time. Um, but yeah, may he rest in peace. I know he was uh, pretty up there in age. So yeah, not everybody enjoyed what he did, but like, I'm... It's, you can't, you can't you can't please everybody. So, it is what it is. Let's see what else. Oh, yeah, Nick Cannon, he also tested positive for COVID. And that was uh about 2 weeks ago now on the 3rd, 3rd of February. So, yeah, there's some world news for you. Uh a couple things, but uh yeah, let's talk some football now. Let's fucking do it. All right? Super Bowl What was that? 55 55 yep super 55 is now in the books uh we have uh a champ uh, they've been crowned this is the the bucks get the win over kansas city 31 to 9 the line was kansas city plus three and a half man they did not take into the consideration the fact that their offensive line was nowhere to be seen very bad performance blocking the the rushers there for Tampa Bay, man. Mahomes, his ass was under pressure the whole game. Like, I've not seen him have to scramble that much in a game, maybe in his whole NFL career. He had two of his tackles out. He had a right guard out as well. So they had three replacement players in. It wasn't any replacement players. I mean, it was uh, Remmers, left tackle. That dude is, like, kind of... I mean, it's hard for me to, like, hate on a player who's way more talented than I'll ever be. But the guy kind of has an M.O. and a knock of not being a great tackle. <laughs> like, he was the guy that was playing left tackle for Carolina the year they made the Super Bowl. And he got just worked by mostly um, Von Miller, I would say. Although Miller, I think, was on the right side. Anyway, he got worked by their their ends and their pressure. It was not good. Even though Mahomes 
is so talented, even with a busted toe, for him to scramble out of the pocket and, and pick up some crazy yards, find extend plays, look for receivers downfield. Like, this dude was pulling off miracles just to avoid sacks, man. Like, he was throwing the ball, like, three inches above the ground just to for it to be dropped or for a contested catch to come up incomplete. Like, Tampa give them very much credit on defense. I think their defense won them the Super Bowl for sure. They didn't give a... Didn't give up a whole touchdown in the whole game. This is the first time Mahomes hasn't scored double digits. First time he's lost a game by more than a single score. Like, in his whole career. Like, this was a blowout. This is the first time Kansas City's gotten blown out with him there. So, hats off to Tampa. They provided a great uh, great formula for success. They had enough firepower in the passing game to move the ball down the field and really challenge him when needed. But they also did a good job of controlling the clock and being able to eat that game out and uh, run it out with Leonard Fournette and uh, a little bit of Ronald Jones here and there. Uh, Fournette prov- provided uh, the stability in the backfield that you know I think they were looking for, and um, he did a good job himself. I think he had over 60 yards, over around 70, 60, 68 yards or so. And uh, Jones, he he had a couple big runs as well. So yeah, they did a great job. They got Gronk two touchdowns. I uh, hate to say this, but Antonio Brown got a touchdown. So all these dudes, all these superstars come into the team and able to coalesce and come together and get a victory. Super Bowl win, man. So first Super Bowl win for Tampa since 2 Let's not talk about it. Um, this whole playoff run was the first time they made it since 07. So pretty impressive. They went three games in a row on the road to start the playoff run and then came back to Tampa and played the home game in the Super Bowl. So that was unprecedented. That had never happened before. Um, Tom getting his seventh ring. That's never happened before. He has more rings than every franchise in the NFL based off the fact that he won them all for for, uh, New England and then won one more. So he's on the leaderboard for everybody. Um. Yeah, Pittsburgh, I believe, has six, five for Dallas, five for uh, um, the Niners, um, three for Kansas City. Yeah, it would have been bad if Kansas City would have won because Raiders have three. I feel like that four level is like where the drop off kind of hits with the number of Super Bowls you guys have. Uh, as a franchise, Broncos have three. I'm trying to think who else has some. Um, sorry, scratching my head. I think Green Bay is up there. Uh, now I got to think my history, put my history cap on. Um, so, yeah, regardless, he's up in the GOAT conversation forever, pretty much after the Super Bowl. And kind of put the the brakes off of, on crowning Mahomes as the the future goat, at least for for right now, because we never know what's gonna happen, man. This is the NFL; it's the most unpredictable league, and that's just what makes Tom Brady's accomplishments that that much more amazing and ridiculous. The fact that he's forty three years old, winning a Super Bowl with a team that he just joined. Like you gotta think about the amount of man hours and dedication and and the brain power it took for him to take this new playbook take his whole uh playing style adapt it to his new teammates and his new 
team with the new play caller, new head coach. Uh, obviously, I think he was in control of the offense a lot more than you'd give most quarterbacks, which, duh, you have to. <laughs> He's the smartest one out there. You, you kind of have to give him that leeway, let him run his things, uh, run, run it how he wants to run it. Which Bruce Arians kind of alluded to. He's like, "Hey, man, we let this dude call the plays here. If he if he wants a certain play, we're letting him run it. Like we're not gonna doubt him because dude knows what he's doing." <laughs> All right. So, uh, so they did a good job. Byron Leftwich, Bruce Arians, that whole offensive staff of just bringing them together to make sure that they're a complete, complete, uh, complete offense, complete team. They were able to play that pretty well. And uh, so, hats off to them. Second Super Bowl win for Tampa. They partied hard on a bunch of boats last Wednesday. Gronk was fucking plastered. It looked like he was dancing shirtless as he always does. Tom Brady's getting tipsy for the first time ever in his life. It seemed like for the first time in public, at least. This dude was trying to get uh, getting held up by a homie. He was tossing the Lombardi trophy from his boat over to some other boat. And they caught it and shit. It was wild, man. Like... Oh, man. People are getting upset. I think <laughs> they're like, what are you doing with that trophy? But, uh, man, these New England guys, they just they don't give a fuck, man. They've been winning all the Super Bowls. Gronk, I know, dented <laughs> one of them for the Patriots when he uh, laid down a bunt <laughs> against some Red Sox players. They were kind of hanging around. But uh, <laughs> pretty wild, pretty wild stuff. Um, yeah, man. So three wins in a row on the road. Start off with Washington beating Taylor Heineke. His story's wild. He just got a contract extension. Congrats to Taylor. Uh, went on the road again second week. Won in the uh, the Dome down there in New Orleans. So, so one in the Superdome against Breeze. Who? Wow, that dude. Phew. The dude was like a game of operation, man. He had a whole bunch of ailments, man. A whole bunch of shit going off with him. But he tried to do his best. Unfortunately, wasn't able to uh, lift him to victory. Tampa then went to Green Bay and beat the Packers, man. Beat the MVP of the league. And Aaron Rodgers and his team kind of wasn't even close either, too. Tampa was definitely that team peaking at the right time, man. But... um on the other side, you had Kansas City surviving Cleveland. Um, <laughs> barely got it done. We talked about that last podcast. And then uh, going up into the, the championship game, that was, uh, what was it, uh, against the Bills? I mean, they didn't really play. The Bills didn't step it up. They didn't play as, as well as we maybe could have expected them to. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. But... Um, yeah, man. Hats off to Tampa. I'm trying to think what else happened. Um, Lamar Jackson got a first playoff win in the first round over the Titans. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the Browns, they beat the Steelers. That was crazy. First win at Pittsburgh in 17 tries. First playoff win in 26 years. They had five forced turnovers. They had a 28 to nothing lead in the first quarter and they were able to hold on. 48-37, so that was pretty wild. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Rams beat the Seahawks, and the Rams lost to the Packers. That's kind of how that happened. Bills beat the Colts, and then Bills beat the Ravens, and then they lost to Kansas City. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was the year that had one more playoff team from each side of the com- conference make it due to the COVID shit. So there was only one team on each side that got a bye, which was uh, Green Bay and Kansas City. So those were the two teams this year. So KC, they used it. They were able to make it all the way to the, playoff, uh, to the Super Bowl. Green Bay, not so much. Not so much. So, so yeah, man, that's kind of what happened in the playoffs. I know I could go into a lot of deeper shit, but we're going to kind of keep it moving here. Um, still, a lot of news about what happened. Let's get you caught up on all the awards. Uh, let's see. Oh, bef- before we do that, both quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, both Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, are going to have surgeries, some minor stuff. Mahomes had turf toe. And it looked like it was kind of bothering him in the second half of the game. Maybe the, the pain meds were kind of worn down towards the end. I don't know. And Brady apparently is going to have minor surgery to clean up his knee. So he was wearing a knee brace most of the season, I saw. So we'll see what that does for them. Speedy recovery for both of them. All right, so Coach of the Year. That was uh, Estefanski for the Browns. Great job getting them to the playoffs and getting that upset win over uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, Russell Wilson named Walter Payton Man of the Year, which is kind of interesting because, I mean, he does a lot of stuff off the field because that's obviously what the Walter Payton Man of the Year kind of refers to, your charitable contributions and what you do for the community outside of, uh, you know, playing the game. He apparently might be on the move, a little upset with what the Seahawks have been doing, not protecting him, getting him hit in the last couple of seasons. So we'll see if he's uh, in the quarterback carousel for this year. Um, Alex Smith got the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award. Duh. Biggest no-brainer out there. Dude came back from some of the most devastating leg injuries slash complications slash, like, setbacks, repeated injuries. Like, uh, it's amazing that he's still... They said he might have to get his leg amputated. It was that bad. Like, he had an infection that was possibly going to spread to other parts of his body. So... Big ups to Alex Smith. He says he's going to try to come and play again next year. And uh, we'll see if that's with Washington or with another team. Um, see whoever will take him. So big ups to Alex. Um, rookie of the year on offense, Justin Herbert for the Chargers. And to think, one punctured lung away from possibly not playing this whole season or not getting as much action, definitely. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, I, I feel for you, bro. I feel for you. Uh, Chase Young, named Defensive Rookie of the Year. Dude was awesome on Washington, leading the way. He really helped that defensive line kind of grow into a force. So we'll see what him and uh, Montez Sweat and the rest of those boys are able to do uh, moving forward into the next season because they look pretty formidable, I'm not going to lie, on defense at least. If they can be a half-decent offensive team, they might win the East again. <laughs> Maybe with the winning record this year <laughs> instead of what happened last season. But, um, yeah, let's see. Aaron Donald claims his third career Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, of course, yeah, he deserves it. That dude was fucking unreal. One of the scariest players I think any team has ever had to face, <laughs> at least in recent years. Donald, man, that dude is a beast. Um, the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry, he wins Offensive Player of the Year award. After his historic 2,000-yard season, uh, second Titan ever to rush for 2,000 after Chris Johnson, of course. Um, I think there's only eight guys, nine guys all time that have rushed for 2K. 
So big, big shout out to Derrick Henry. Uh, fortunately, his team got shut down for the most part in the playoffs, and he just he didn't have as big of an impact versus the Ravens. So we'll see what they could do. Make some changes for next year. I know Taylor Lewan was missing in that game, missing towards the end of the season. So we'll see. We'll see where they're at. Uh, let's see. Aaron Rodgers. He was named MVP for the third time, as I mentioned previously. So congrats to him. I know he's upset about the results of the season and what have you, and he, he probably uh, gladly trade his MVP award for uh, um, the Lombardi trophy, but it is what it is, man. That dude he threw for over 4,000 yards this year, I think over 50 touchdowns. He had himself a hell of a year statistically. Um, moving forward, uh, yeah, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Alan Fanica, and finally, Tom Flores. Woo! Tom motherfucking Flores has made the Hall of Fame, baby. That's what I'm talking about. I'm so fucking hyped for him, man. I honestly thought they were going to have to wait till this dude croaked before they were going to give him the bust in Canton, man. I'm so happy. So, so glad that this will is finally getting the recognition he deserves. Two Super Bowl wins as a head coach. One as an assistant coach. He was uh, the original starting quarterback for the Raiders back in the AFL era. Graduate from University of Pacific in Stockton. I'm very close to that, uh, that area, um, as you may know. Went on to become a general manager and head coach for Seattle. Results? Not as good as his Raider days, understandable. But at the same time, first minority head coach to win a Super Bowl. And then he wins a second one, all right? So he was the only head coach who had more than one Super Bowl that was not in the Hall of Fame. I get Al Davis. His presence looms large over the Raider franchise. I mean, he was not only the owner, but he was the de facto GM and a lot of times a de facto offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, man, because there's a lot of stories of him calling in plays from the booth, man, <laughs> like, hey, let's go deep right here, man. We need a shot. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of rumors about that stuff. But regardless, you still have to deal with the politics of dealing with the players, putting a game plan together, you know, um, making the right calls, uh, making the right substitution patterns, making the right um, play calls. So many so many different variables that go into it. So I'm so glad that Tom Flores was able to finally get the recognition that that man deserves, man, because it's been a long time coming for him, and I'm happy, man. Obviously, Peyton, that dude, first ballot Hall of Famer. Charles Woodson, one of the greatest DBs of all time. I'm happy that he came back to Oakland the second time. Uh, even though the team wasn't great, he was uh, he was an inspiration. He was a spark and definitely fun one to watch. Um Calvin Johnson, Megatron, one of the greatest wideouts in terms of talent that I've ever seen. That dude was like one catch away from getting 2,000 receiving yards in a season. And that is fucking unthinkable, man. He was putting up like 150 yards a game, man. It was insane. So he had, had to retire early. He had his, uh, his amount of uh, injuries and what have you. Detroit. They were Detroit. So, so he retired early. Definitely deserves it. John Lynch, that dude was a thumper on defense for Tampa and then later for Denver. Um, still a GM for for uh, the Niners right now. 
So he deserves it. And then Alephanica, he was a, a terrific, terrific offensive lineman too. Um, played for multiple teams. I think the Steelers and the Jets most uh, most notably. That dude was a was a gamer, man. That dude was tough as nails. So shout out to all those guys for making the Hall of Fame this year. All right, let's get into some offseason news for the league. And then uh, we may have time for a little bit of NBA talk. I do not know. We'll see. We'll just get through this. All right. Drew Brees played through a torn rotator cuff. Uh, also had fascia tears in his uh, feet. So that's not uh, good to hear. That's in addition to the 11 ribs that he broke during the season, man. Oh, that just that just sounds so painful, man. So um, either hope you enjoy retirement and you're able to recover or i hope you're able to get healthy enough to come back for that one year if you if you want it if you want it drew that's if you want it man because like his play due to the injuries i'm gonna say mostly due to the injuries was not up to par at the end of the year at the beginning of the season he looked like his normal self for the most part obviously the 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 decline is kind of going to happen but he looked good enough for that team to be competitive, but I don't know. Taysom Hill might have to get him a little bit more involved next year. Who who knows there? Uh, his teammate with the Saints, though, uh, Michael Thomas, he's going to have offseason ankle surgeries. Uh, apparently, he was uh, somebody who might have missed the rest of the season if he was playing for like a, a worse franchise and could have gotten uh, surgery earlier in the season, but decided to kind of tough it out and try to play through it and he did his best to come back but wasn't able to ultimately make an impact so i feel for people who they have the decision and they decide to say screw it i'm a man up and then it doesn't work out for them i I feel for those guys because it's like man now at at the end of it you're like i lost time plus the injury plus you still gotta deal through the pain and all that stuff a lot of bs a lot of painkillers so, wish him a speedy recovery. A.J. Brown, he has surgery on his knees. He said he should have been out since week two. So, he's another guy who uh, really manned up. He made the Pro Bowl this year. Had over 1,000 yards. He had a great season considering how bad he was banged up. So, speedy recovery for him. As we'll move into the off-season mode, um couple retirements to announce philip rivers he's retiring for the nfl after 17 seasons um 16 with the chargers franchise from san diego to la and then last season with the colts and indy so he's calling it quits uh, him and his sidearm gunslinger mentality his no cursing his nine kids having ass is <laughs> finally done playing professional football so best of luck in retirement man he was kind of a pain in the ass as a Raider fan for so long. That dude ruined a couple seasons for the then Oakland Raiders um, in recent memory. But he's always a gamer, always a competitor, tough SOB. Played a playoff game with a torn ACL against the Patriots. I think that is pretty underrated in terms of like the gut check level of a guy just willing to put it on out there. That torn ACL whole game. I understand he's not a mobile quarterback, but damn, man. Just like even the, the, the having the fear of somebody hitting you, man. That's got to be rough. But um, So best of luck to him in whatever he does. Uh, Greg Olson, longtime tight end for Chicago. Then on to Carolina. 
where he had the most success. And then finishing up with Seattle, uh, he's going to retire after 14 NFL seasons. I believe he might have a spot in one of the broadcast booths because I know he was trying to get angling towards that the prior last two off seasons. So we'll see if he ends up moving, making the transition to uh, broadcasting. So best luck to him. Uh, also retiring, uh, Jason Witten. He's going to sign a one-day contract with the Cowboys to retire with them. Played uh, his last season with the Raiders. Caught a couple touchdowns. Did definitely look a bit washed up there in terms of just his ability to move around. His hands still looked fine, but yeah, it's kind of lumbering there down the end. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Pouncey brothers, they're going to retire, both Mike and Marquise Pouncey. Uh, Mike with the Charger franchise for the longest, and then Marquise with the Steelers. Two of the best centers in the league during their time. They made a lot of Pro Bowls, made a lot of All-Pros, especially Marquise. But, man, they got a little bit of dirt on them if you want to look about their time at the University of Florida and their involvement with Aaron Hernandez and what have you. I'm not going to make no accusations, but you can do the research yourself, okay? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not all, uh, um, you know, sweet good news there for, for them, but hey, man. Terrific players. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to talk about that no more. They were fucking beasts, man. There were, there were some bullies. Those were kind of guys you don't want to be tussling with and get into extracurricular activities. Um, whether they were at Florida playing together or when they went into the NFL, I thought it was pretty interesting that uh, I think it was Marquise got drafted one year before Mike did, uh, decided to come out at the University of Florida. Thought that timing was kind of interesting as well. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> two of the best uh, interior offensive linemen of their time. Now we got some fortunate news as teams move into this next season. Got to shed some some contracts. It is what it is. Uh, got to announce that the Ravens have released um, uh, fucking it's Mark Ingram. I couldn't believe I, I forgot his first name. Mark Ingram let go after two seasons with the Ravens. Had a good First season there, second year, not quite as much. Uh, was kind of ineffective, especially if you compare him to what like J.K. Dobbins was doing towards the end of the year. Uh, Gus Edwards still there in the backfield as well. They'd have trust in him. So, yeah, unfortunately Ingram had to go. Um, Raiders, they decided to cut Tyrell Williams. They're going to save $11.6 million on the cap next year. I'm a little disappointed. Two years ago... In the 2019 season, Tyrell, uh, who was projected to be the second wide receiver, ended up having to step into the number one role after Antonio Brown flamed out that whole fucking fiasco and played well. He played well in that position. I think he had over 1,200 yards um, this year towards Labrum real early on into spring or the offseason. What is it? Training camp. I think the early, early uh, days of training camp and was lost to the season so uh, just one full year in the silver and black he did have a good uh good job producing so i wish nothing but the best for ty and i hope he's able to finally get uh, recover from that labor injury and hopefully find himself on another roster uh 
Broncos, they decided to cut A.J. Boye after one season. Didn't look like he stepped up to the production that uh, he was kind of billed at uh, when he was with Jacksonville or even before that when he was with the Houston Texans. So Boye, he'll be up on the open market. Um, I think he's getting, I want to say he's like in his early 30s now. So it's tough, man, with those corners. They, uh, it's tough to take a flyer on like an older corner. Um, that position is like athletically probably the steepest decline that you see in the NFL. Because like wide receivers can lose a step and still be effective, but like corners, man, when they when they lose half a step, that could be that could be a, it for a lot of guys if you don't have the the skills and the anticipation and the ability to kind of the smarts to know tendencies between different receivers, different alignments, you know, what uh, teams' tendencies are in certain down-in distances, things of that nature. So if you're somebody who relies on their athleticism, especially just at the cornerback position, then your time at the top could be fairly short. That's just it's, it's the rough uh, reality of the NFL, man, especially because if you get burned on a corner, it's so much more evident than if you get burned, like, as a defensive lineman. Cause you're all alone on that island and it's just nothing but grass behind you man sometimes you can get beat for deep bombs so yeah AJ Boye apparently not in the Denver Broncos plans anymore uh also read about this Carolina Panthers they cut two-time pro bowler Kawan Short after he's had a couple injury ridden seasons I think he's only been able to step on the field in three different games the last two seasons something like that I think it's like some three to five games not not a lot and production has really tailed off since his uh pro bowl era dominance that he kind of provided when uh, the team was good and making the Super Bowls with uh, Cam and Keekly and Olsen, all those other guys there. So, so yeah, that happened. Uh, let's see here. Uh, got a couple signings. Got a report on. Uh, let's do a farcical one first. Why not? Miami Dolphins signed Jason Sanders, their kicker, to a five-year, $22 million extension. I think there's only like three or four of the kickers who are going to make as much on a per-season basis. I think over three or four million. There's only four of the kickers who make that much. So congrats to him. He had a terrific season kicking the ball. He was like one or two in terms of fantasy kickers this year. He was like nine for 10 and 50-plus yarders. Didn't miss like a PAT this last season. And hit like over 90% of all of his kicks. So, yeah, man, good season for him. Kicking game can be a little hit or miss from season to season. Some guys can be good one year, and then the next year they can kind of shit the bed. So it's a lot of, uh, you know, clutching, uh, crossing your fingers, you know, knocking on wood and all that stuff. But uh, congrats to Sanders, man. He was a seventh-round pick a couple years ago, and looks like he's found himself a home there with the with the Finns. Uh, speaking of players looking for new homes, man, Dwayne Haskins. We documented his struggles and his kind of flame out prior, but this dude looks like he might get a chance to make a roster because it looks like the Steelers have signed him to a futures contract, which uh, get him a chance to, I guess, make the practice squad. And then from there, maybe in the offseason training, see how he could do, see if he'll make the team. Uh, we talked about Taylor Heineke with the, the football team in, up in uh, Washington. He got himself a job off of one game, man. Uh, congrats to him. Came in in the playoffs. Played very well against uh, Tom Brady. Probably was the toughest matchup um, 
that Tom Brady faced all playoffs, which is saying something. But uh, Tyler Haneke, he's got a two-year, $8.75 million extension. Congrats to him. He was somebody who was in the American Allegiance of football just a year and a half ago. So big congrats to him. That dude put it all out on the line, that uh, that playoff game uh, against Tampa. Um, so... Who knows, man? You put some good shit on film, and some people, they'll reward you for it, man. So we'll see what happened with Washington and their quarterback situation. See if they decide to bring in Alex Smith as well. See if bring him back, or if they just want to draft a new guy and just kind of start all over with the process. But, uh, but yeah, we've got some big news in terms of guys moving around. Um, the biggest trade that we've seen in a while in terms of uh, quarterbacks move. It will involve the Detroit Lions and the L.A. Rams, shocking enough. Lions trading Matthew Stafford to the Rams for Jared Goff, first-round pick in 22 and 23, and a third-round pick in this year's draft, the 21 draft. So that's two first-rounders and Jared Goff for Matt Stafford. I think one of those first rounders is for taking back the talent of Matthew Stafford. And I think the second one is to say, hey, you eat his contract also. And so the Rams are like, all right, cool, cool. We'll do that. We'll do that here. You take our guy who we're kind of like low on now. I mean, golf did get benched at the end of the season uh, for John Warford. And did had to come back after Warford got concussed. But, uh, yeah, it didn't look like they had too much confidence in golf down the stretch for the Rams there. But uh, we'll see if he can revive his career down over in Detroit. He's gonna, Lord knows he'll have chances to throw because they're going to be down in games because their defense is not that good. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens there. And then going the other way, it's a lot to give up for a 33-year-old quarterback, but Matt Stafford, that dude can still sling it, man. So we'll see if he could do it for actually a legit team Rams have a very good defense still. As I mentioned, Aaron Donald winning Defensive Player of the Year. So they still uh, still are pretty stout on that end. So I think it's kind of a win now. Push the chips into the center of the table. Kind of move there for, for the Rams. And uh, we'll see what they can do. Last year they kind of took a step back in terms of uh, their passing offense to try to highlight the run game a little bit more. And at certain times it was successful. At other times it, it was kind of maybe the only way that they could kind of win. It's the base off of Goff's uh, inconsistencies there. So um, we know Stafford can put up a lot of yards and blowouts. So if he's in close games, we'll see how he does because he's going to have a position he, he might not have ever been in in his NFL career because he's always been asked to kind of be that gunslinger, just go up and down, mostly because of the Lions' defense has given up a lot and they just had to make com- try to make comebacks in the past. But, um, yeah, we'll see if he can uh, play with the lead also. All right, the biggest, I think, uh, most talented player who's uh, been rumored to be moved this season, it's got to be Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans. Now, that whole franchise has been kind of on the downslope, man. They've been fucking up. They've been stepping on their own toes, doing what have you. But, uh, yeah, man, Deshaun Watson, he officially has requested a trade from the team. They've uh, The team is taking the stance right now that they're not going to plan on trading him. Are they posturing to try to get a good, you know, return? Who the hell knows? 
But um, at the time, uh, teammates and coaches were had uh, believed that Watt, J.J. Uh, Watt, had played his last game in Houston, which ended up turning out to be true. Because uh, looks like this happened just a few days ago, late last week. Both the Houston Texans and J.J. Watt have agreed to part ways. Um, so, yeah, he's currently a free agent now, J.J. We'll see where he will go. So, previously the franchise had said that they weren't willing to trade Watson or Watt, but we know one of those has been uh, not confirmed as true. So we'll see about the other one. Right now, it looks like the Steelers, Browns, Bills, and Titans are among the teams most interested in him. Um, Steelers are obviously like a big flashpoint just because his two other brothers, Derek and TJ, currently play on the team. So it could be the the Watt brothers, the trio of uh, players who might be suiting up uh, amongst uh, the Steelers roster there, there in the AFC North. But their rival, Cleveland Browns, it seems like they're kind of emerging as one of the teams that's maybe having a good shot from what I read today. They have like $30 million under the cap, so they have the most amount to offer to J.J. so he can get as close to what he was making in Houston. He's not going to make as much, but he's going to have a shot at a playoff team. Cleveland, he's still got talent. They're kind of trending in the right direction. Uh, they still have a Baker Mayfield that's still pretty young, still trying to improve. The run game's still very good. Should have maybe stuck to the run game a little more against Kansas City, but hey, man. That shit happens. Um, defense has some talented players. I know Miles Garrett on that defensive line. Him and JJ, whoo, that would be a that would be a tough package to deal with, man. That would be, damn, that would be kind of dominant, man. So we'll see if he goes to Cleveland. But uh, his previous team, the Texans, they've made some offseason changes. They eventually hired Ravens assistant David Cully as their head coach. They did agree to terms with Lovey Smith to become their new defensive coordinator. And, uh, and yeah, <laughs> I think they had uh, John, Jim Casario, John Casario. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this Casario character. He was uh, a team chaplain for the Patriots, and now he's a general manager, man. So yes, he's making the shot. He's calling the shots now. And that was one of the reasons why uh Deshaun Watson was so pissed off is because he wasn't apparently he was told that he would be a part of the decision making process for the GM and for the head coach ultimately I guess he was kind of left in the in the lurch because he wasn't really given a lot of heads up he had given some input on a couple coaches that he liked and I think they didn't even interview any of those guys I think they did interview Eric Bieniemy. that dude definitely deserves a job at some point man because that Kansas City offense has been rolling, and I kind of want him to leave so that he could be a little bit of instability there in the coaching ranks for the Chiefs. But, uh, yeah, he still went another offseason without getting a job, so that's uh, it's kind of perplexing there. But, uh, yeah, so they hired those guys, as I mentioned. The Eagles, they've decided to move on from Doug Peterson after he had a meeting with Jeffrey Lurie. I think Laurie and the rest of the brass had asked him to make some changes to his coaching staff, which he was unwilling to do so. So you get the boots. So um, 
Yeah, I want to say they hired who did they hire? The Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni. He's got the he's be, he's going to become the new head coach. His introductory press conference nah to the greatest. So, that definitely stumbled. Does not uh, provide too much confidence there for uh Philadelphia fans, but we'll see. We'll see what he could do. Let's see. Bears Chuck Pagano was a defensive coordinator. He's going to decide to retire. Previously head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, noted cancer survivor. We wish you nothing but the best in retirement. Uh, Sean Desai is going to be the Bears' new defensive coordinator. He was their safety coach, and he's believed to be the NFL's first coordinator of Indian descent. So congrats to Mr. Desai. Uh, let's see here. Other news. The Steelers ousted Randy Finkter. After three seasons as offensive coordinator, um, they had some frustrations with how the offense was running towards the end of the season. He went 11-0 and and got upset in the first round, man. they, Yeah, they kind of nosedived towards the end of the year. Um, Seahawks are going to part with offensive coordinator Martin Sh- Marty Schottenheimer um, over philosophical differences. Did I say, Brian, I meant Marty. Uh, or did I say Marty? I meant Brian Schottenheimer. Excuse me. I'm getting them all confused. Brian being the younger of the two. Um, yeah, apparently they had some philosophical differences. I think the running versus the passing and all that stuff. Um, they did extend their GM, John Schneider, into the 2027 season. Uh, there was some interest from Detroit to kind of pluck him out of there. So he's been extended. Uh, Jaguars, they have hired Urban Meyer as their head coach which uh, came with a little bit of controversy. Uh, Urban, going to make the transition from the college game to the NFL, had taken the year off prior and was on uh, Fox talking about college uh, football on air. Uh, Had previously uh, retired due to medical concerns at Ohio State. He says he's healthy now. We'll see how that goes. Uh, But there was a controversy based off of some of the hires that he made underneath him. Chris Doyle, he was a strength and conditioning coach who was hired. He had previously been the strength and conditioning coach at Iowa. And uh, he was hired last week. But he ended up resigning after one day. Um, he the, cut, Due to the, I mean, rightly so. Rightly fucking so. Urban, what the fuck were you doing? He hired the guy who had reported racism and bullying issues while he was there in college at uh, Iowa during his last job. Like the dude, there was a, uh, I read the expose that I think that was on ESPN. There were so many like ex black players who just came out and were just like, yo, what the fuck? This dude was just like brought unnecessary hatred and it didn't make me feel comfortable. Uh kind of made it um, you know, along racial lines where he was just real hard on on them and, and what have you. So if you have somebody with this kind of baggage, why the fuck would you give him an NFL head coaching job? There was so, or strength and conditioning job. There were so many other people you could have hired that could have filled in the, the role without any issue. So that, that shit was just real unnecessary. There was obviously a lot of people with the, uh, um, you know, like the people who were helping in diversity among the coaching ranks. Um, just different organizations, different people who came out and that just blasted them. Blasted Urban Meyer like, what the hell are you doing, bro? Like, this is horrible. So that was not good PR there. Um, and just... His response of just like, well, I've known the guy for 20 years and I vetted him and I had trust in him. I understand all that might be true, but at the same time, you got to take into consideration everything else that's going on with this guy, right? So that was kind of 
crazy. Dude shouldn't have even gotten a look, man, to be honest with you. Um, let's see. Moving on. Uh, Robert Sala agrees to report a five-year deal to become the Jets head coach. I want to say he's the first Muslim to ever become a head coach in the NFL. So congratulations to to Bob Sala. I think that's going to be a good head coaching hire for them. He's uh, Regardless of how healthy his teams have been, they always are tough and hard-nosed and compete every single time. Uh, with the Niners, I'll say. Uh, my dad, after talking to him, he's not so high on Bob Sala. But, hey, man, he is, I think he's a pretty good coach himself. Um, so yeah, he'll, he'll have a chance to, to take the reins there in New York. That Jets franchise has been very tough to kind of, uh, you know, get a handle on. It's been a tough nut to crack for a lot of different head coaches the last couple seasons. So, uh, we'll see how he does in particular. I mean, it's hard to go any worse than Adam Gase, right? <laughs> like, seemed like every dude that dude, uh, alienated ended up being a pretty decent talent on another team. So yeah, man, I don't know. Gase was pretty rough. They definitely kept him as a head coach to try to tank for the season, and they still didn't get Trevor Lawrence, man. That's that's rough. At least they probably won't. But um, moving on, uh, Chargers, they have hired Rams defensive coordinator. Uh, Staley is to be their head coach, so congrats to the Chargers. We'll see how that goes. Um, Lions are going to hire Saints assistant Dan Campbell as their next head coach. This dude did have a great press conference man he was talking about like you know they're gonna knock us down and then we're gonna take out their knee we're gonna bite their leg off as we're going down and then as we're getting up we're gonna bite the other leg and we might take two more shots for us to go down but we're gonna still come at you it's like holy shit bro <laughs> like sue's ready to freaking attack somebody man so dan campbell we'll see if that hard note of energy um uh, can uh, bring some success to Motor City. They're calling him Motor City Dan Campbell, MCDC now out there. So he definitely won his press conference. We'll see if he can win some actual football games, though. So uh, speaking of the Chargers, they will hire ex-head coach Anthony Lynn to be their offensive coordinator. So he'll move to Detroit. Mike Patricia, former head coach of the Lions, he's going to be rejoining the Patriots as uh, a uh, member of the assistant coaching staff. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, defensive coordinator for Mike, uh, for, for the Packers, Mike Pettin, he's not going to return in 2021 after three years with the team. So we'll see how the Packers respond. Uh, Colts DBs coach, Jonathan Gannon, he's going to become the Eagles new defensive coordinator. He coming along, he's going to go along over with, uh, Nick Sirianni, who was the offense coordinator. Um, so yeah, Eagles poaching a couple guys from the Colts and Colts staff. Uh, Atlanta Falcons are going to lure Dean Pease out of his second retirement to be his defensive coordinator under Arthur Smith. Uh, Dean Pease was the D.C. over in Baltimore as of a couple seasons ago. So we'll see how he does there in Atlanta. That defense was leaking a lot last year. And for the Raiders, they have landed Gus Bradley as their defensive coordinator. Previously a defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. Was the head coach for Jacksonville Jaguars for a little while. Last season was the defensive coordinator for the Chargers, and so now he's coming over to uh, Las Vegas. So staying in the same division, we'll see how he does. Uh, Cowboys have reached an agreement with Dan Quinn for their defensive coordinator job. Also another former defensive coordinator with the Steelers, or excuse me, with the Seahawks over in Seattle, Legion of Boom era. Uh, most notably was the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, uh, who blew that 28-3 lead against 
the Patriots. So, yeah. Uh, pluses and minuses there on his uh, resume. But lasted, honestly, like quite a while there in Atlanta at the head coaching gig, considering some of the turmoil that that team had. Um, so he's going to the Cowboys, trying to help out them on defense. Let's see, a couple more to get through here. Um, Washington, they are finalizing a deal with Marty Herney to become their GM. He was the ex-GM of the Carolina Panthers. He eventually was named uh, uh, Executive Vice President of Player Personnel. And Martin Mayhew was named their GM. This Mayhew fella, he was the former uh, San Francisco VP of Player Personnel. So a couple different guys going to be brought into the Washington front office there. Um, But uh, their head coach, they got one, Ron Rivera. He'll still be there. He was officially declared cancer-free as of uh, a couple weeks ago on the 28th of January. So congratulations to Ron Rivera. Ring that bell. Ring that bell. Um, uh, It's good news to hear. One of the most accomplished uh, Latino head coaches in NFL history. Um, glad to hear that he is cancer-free and able to you know, put his all back into uh, trying to get the Washington football team back to the playoffs for the second year in a row. That was a good story to come out of uh, that franchise this season. Let's see here. Uh, Broncos, they're hiring ex-Vikings assistant GM George Patton to be their general manager after um, John Elway has stepped down from that role. So... We'll see how that goes. Lions are hiring Rams executive Brad Holmes as their next GM. He will be the third minority GM in league history. Rams are going to be the first team to receive a second, third round, receive, excuse me, two third round compensatory picks as a result. Uh, This is uh, a change to the Rooney rule that kind of took into place this year, trying to give people of color more chances to get front office roles. And so... Um, yeah, it's, it's benefiting teams if, like, you have a guy who's, uh, um, you know, a minority uh, candidate for a front office and he jumps to another team, you benefit. So you're able to get some of those compensatory picks. So that's the new rule. And so the Rams are going to benefit from that. And maybe that had somewhat of an impact on them deciding to give up a lot of those first rounders for, for uh, Stafford just because they knew they were going to have a couple more third-round picks, which is, like, not as good, but still, you know, a couple dice rolls. You can get some really good, solid players in the third round for sure. Um, but yeah, speaking of the draft, though, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting this year. The uh, the combine that's gonna be all virtual. So NFL's trying to implement their virtual measures for the uh, 2021 combine. I know there's gonna be restrictions in terms of teams being able to talk to guys face to face, one on one, and what have you. Um, I'm assuming that we're probably gonna have a very similar uh, draft to what happened last year, where everybody was, uh, you know, you know, pretty much virtual. They were all in their own, you know, living rooms, having their own personal parties there instead of having everybody together like in New York City or. Uh, I think Vegas is where it was supposed to be last year. So I'm assuming they'll probably do it virtual again this year, the the actual draft. But we still got months away until that happens. Uh, there was some unfortunate news that did happen in the NFL. Uh, I do have to say uh, rest in peace to Marty Schottenheimer, longtime NFL head coach, uh, father to Brian, obviously, who I mentioned earlier. 
He passed away at the age of 77 just a few short days ago. Um, he is most known for, one, creating the term red zone while he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. He referred to the uh, area inside the 20-yard line as the red zone based off of the team's colors. Um, Kansas City obviously being red. So he was there for, for a long period of time in the 90s and then eventually took over as head coach for the Chargers when uh, like the Drew Brees, Philip Rivers era, LaDainian Tomlinson had a hell of a team in 06 and they got uh, upset in the playoffs by uh, that uh, Patriots team. I think that was the year that Rivers had that torn ACL and, and played in the playoffs, which, by God, that's amazing, ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, Schottenheimer, his, his teams were always really good but never able to kind of get over the hump. That was kind of their M.O. But uh, didn't really have as much success in the playoffs as he did in the regular season. But regardless, was a very well-respected head coach in his time, and um, may he rest in peace for sure. A um, little bit more tragic here. Uh, Ex-Chargers and Bucks star Vincent Jackson, he has passed away at the age of 38. He was uh, found dead, I want to say, in his hotel hotel room in the Tampa area. He was previously declared missing by his family late last week. I think authorities were able to contact him via a cell phone call and declared him you know, found and safe. But uh, a few days later, they knocked on his door in his apartment. Uh, hotel room the cleaning lady eventually found him uh, unresponsive so not sure exactly what happened there uh, he was a you know Walter Payton man of the year award nominee multiple times so it's going to be tough for I know he was really good with uh, donating and helping out military causes so uh, that's just a sad sad news I mean the guy was only 38 he did just play like a couple seasons ago and um I think 2017 was his last year. Uh, also, was a member of the Chargers franchise too. So, I mean, that's it's obviously very tough to deal with. Um, my condolences to his family. I know that's not anything you want to wish on anyone. All right, and this will be our last uh, subject for now. Um, we'll put the NBA stuff onto another podcast um, sometime within the next week. But um, yeah, last. Football news. I had mentioned previously that Dolly Parton was unable to get the Presidential Medal of Freedom or turned it down for various reasons. Well, Trump was going to honor Bill Belichick with uh, such uh, prestige and award back in mid-January, like right before he had left office. But he said, Bill Belichick said that he's not going to accept it from President Trump based off of how divisive he was with the whole uh, storm in the Capitol and all that kind of bullshit. Oh, by the way, Trump did get uh, impeached again for the second time. They were trying to um, punish him for his role in the whole riots, and gutless Republicans backed him up and decided not to um, acquit him. So, uh, yeah, and then was fucked up as Mitch McConnell right after he said, nope, I'm not, I don't want him to do this because he didn't really have a big role in the whole situation. As soon as he cast his vote, he came down and said, like, hey, man, Donald Trump was the one who incited all this violence. Like, you dumb ass. It's all political bullshit, man. Like, nobody's real with anyone in that world, man. It's fucking wild. Anyway, back over to the football side. Um, so, yeah, Bill Belichick said he didn't want to accept it because of all the bad PR, which is like, 
come on, Bill. It's like, now? Now? Pretty sure he was a, a supporter of his uh, campaign back in 2016, him and Brady. I know Brady had a MAGA hat in his fucking locker, but it's like, ugh, bro. Like, you can't. it's hard. can't play both ways, man. Like, just stay out of that shit altogether or, like, you got to, you know, you're going to be on the side and you're going to get burned one way or the other. So, <laughs> fucking wild shit, man. So, yeah, he didn't accept the Presidential Medal of Freedom and, uh, Trump was all upset and all like poo poo and he's like, mm. he was trying to have some good PR right before he left office. Uh, I did see that he did commu- uh, commute a lot of sentences. I know. I think one of the guys, this guy named Harry O, uh, one of the uh, street guys who made a lot of money in like the eighties and early nineties, who was in prison for drug trafficking charges. He was one of the people who helped uh, fund Death Row Records with uh, through Suge Knight initially. So. I know it was weird because Snoop was like giving Trump praise for like releasing him, even though he had been just like fuck that motherfucker is <laughs> pretty much most of his four years there. So, yeah, it was wild. Politics be wild, man. Politics be fucking wild. Um, all right, I lied. A couple more things I want to say. Josh Jacobs, we had talked about him. He's not going to get charged with the DUI after he had his car accident uh, following the end of the season. He's going to get charged with quote unquote failure to exercise due care. And I don't know what the fuck the difference is between that and the DUI. Um, yeah, it didn't look so hot for him. He was like crashed into something or somebody near the airport, McCarran Airport in there in Vegas. He was picking somebody up and was apparently under the influence a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, I wish him all the best. Uh, don't want him to miss time, obviously. But uh, yeah, hopefully that works out. Uh, the Rock did announce that the XFL will return in 2022. So... We'll hang on tight for another year, see how that shakes out. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I got some college football shit, but, like, who gives a fuck, man? They had a fucking wild-ass year. We already talked about them. Um, what happened in the in the playoffs and Bama winning and all that shit. But uh, looks like Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be number one. I know he had his uh, pro day recently. I think he's going to have shoulder surgery. Um, but wanted to kind of throw the ball around to see, you know, put that on tape before uh, having surgery where he needs to kind of shut it down for the next three to four months. So, yeah, that's about it. That's your NFL recap. I'm kind of pissed this shit was already done like <laughs> fucking a couple weeks ago. But, hey, man, we got it done now. We got all right. So congrats to Tampa once again. Uh, we'll see what they do to try to bring that back and try to get uh, back-to-back wins. Uh, I don't think any team has won back-to-back Super Bowls since the Patriots in 03 and 04. So it's been a while. It's been a while. And uh, Kansas City was unable to do it this year. We'll see what Tampa can do, uh, see if they're just as motivated this year to kind of run it back. All right. Uh, Once again... On the comedy front, we will be putting on another show. It'll be February the 23rd on a Tuesday. And then the following show will be the uh, the 9th of March. Okay? So every other week, Koreatown Comedy Show. Check us out on Instagram for more information. My account, at Puro Caballero, P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O. My boy VJ, also co-producer on the show. He's, um, you can find him at supremekai.biz. That's S-U-P-R-E, 
M-E. K-A-I dot B-I-Z. Whoa, had a little bit of a brain fart there. All right. Uh, so, yeah, so that's going to be up and running. Um, VJ and I, we're going to try to do some Twitch streaming on some DJ streams at some point. That's going to be somewhere in the works. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for, uh, yeah, this YouTube shit, man. We're trying to get this shit up and moving with the, the video elements. I'll try to get the podcast Instagram account with a lot of clips. I'll try to do all that stuff. Um, and when we get this up and moving, episode 100, man, that is the goal. We will be video. Um, uh, we'll have that video element hopefully in the next month or two. All right. That is the plan. Okay. Thank you once again. This has been, uh, you know, Super Bowl recap episode, whatever you have it. Um, let's put a bow on this NFL season. All right. Not going to talk about this shit probably for another few months. We're going to dive into NBA season coming up. Uh, on the next episode, uh, talk about everything that happened at the the bubble last year, the off season, the real short off season into the first half of this year. As damn, we're almost at the All Star break, guys. We were like a month away from the All Star break, and uh, it doesn't feel that way in NBA, man. It's the way the new schedules kind of come out and the way things are kind of happening with this whole COVID era shit going down. But anyway, yep, yeah, this has been the Puro Caballero Show, episode 89. Thank you all for tuning in. Yee!